Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. We are excited to be here today, and I'm excited to share with you this episode because, A, it's got a lot of media information. B, it answers like the most Frequently asked question. I was just about to say the most FAQ we ever get. Is that how people do that? Like you can just like shorten it while you're talking. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. So the most FAQ we ever get (laughs) is something like, okay, cool. Here's, I see that you went from point A to point B or more realistically point A to point like W, but how did you do it? Like what order did you do things in? What did you implement in your business? What were you happy that you did? What regrets did you have? What would you do differently? All of those things. And so we're going to answer that question today. Yeah, we're walking you through our first two years of business and how we went from zero to nearly half a million dollars. And it's been kind of crazy. So everything we did along the way and kind of what happened And I know in the past we've done something similar, but I feel like you're going to unlock some different things we haven't necessarily talked about before. Yeah. Well, and I want to preface this with just because we reached a half a million dollars in two years doesn't mean that that has to be our same goal. And it doesn't mean that these steps won't also work for you. Like the cool thing about it is that it's scalable both down and up for whatever you want to put into it. But the strategies are the same. 100%. And I believe that the way that we, the order in which we did things was also very beneficial. Yes. Because you guys have heard me talk about it before, where I talk about like choose strategies and tactics in your business that have the snowball effect. So, what are things that are going to build upon each other and start with that first? And so, I really, really feel like that's what we did in our business. And it really helped take a lot of pressure and a lot of stress off as we grew. So then we were able to grow faster and grow smarter. So let's run through all eight steps that we're going to kind of talk about today. 
And then we're going to break every single step down and give you tangible things that you can like pull out from there to implement in your own business. So run through the eight steps for me super fast. All right. So number one, build your foundation. Number two, craft your message. Number three, nurture your dreamies. Number four, streamline with systems. Number five, see the big picture. Six, create sustainability. Seven, formulate a passive business. And eight, reach those hashtag squad goals. Yep. And I think it's really cool to see that in order or hear it in order because a lot of people are like looking at number five or number seven or even number eight squad goals before they've built a foundation or figured out who their dreamies are or any of those foundational steps. So that order I think is key. So let's break it down to what that actually meant for our business. So we're going to start at building your foundation and what that looked like for us and what it can look like for you is we found our MVP first and foremost. We've talked about what your MVP is in a couple of other episodes, but it's your most viable product, the thing that you can get to market the fastest. So we discovered what that was and we got it to market. And for both of us, they were different. But the key thing to pull out here is this was things we were already good at. These were things that we could do like the back of our hand. We didn't need to practice. We didn't need to be taught. We could just do it. So for me, it was doing a lot of graphic design tasks. And it wasn't even specific at the beginning. It was just like literally anything anyone would pay me for that was already in my wheelhouse. So I would design billboards and business cards and branding and websites and all this stuff because that is literally what I went to school for. I'm not saying it has to be what you went to school for, but it was the thing that I had the most practice in and had been doing it professionally for half a decade or more at this point. And so to kind of bring it out on its own, it just was logical. And for me, I went from photography to photography, but my clients shifted. So I had been working with families and couples and newborns and realized I wanted to work with more small businesses and more creative entrepreneurs lifestyle bloggers, stuff like that. I didn't exactly know what that was going to look like, but I knew camera to camera, that's what I can offer. So I started doing headshots. I started taking pictures of their styled sessions for their blogs, going to them for events that they were putting on and shooting the entire thing. And that really helped me figure out, okay, what I did and didn't want to do, but I also was still getting money. (laughs) But realistically, it was all about getting it to market as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, at that very beginning stage, it wasn't even necessarily meant to be an online business because our capabilities and the things we had good practice in were building those in-person relationships and nurturing the people around us, getting referrals. And so we could go, you know, to a coffee shop or meet someone at like a cute brunch place And like talk them through everything or like for Emily, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, meeting up with them afterwards and selling prints and selling books and whatever. So those in person kind of things was how we went to market, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how we sold. That's how we made our money. We would send invoices and, you know, it was all very grassroots, very Mm -hmm. like 
so-and-so knows so-and-so, like all our clients are kind of connected. And at this point, Emily and I weren't even necessarily in contact with each other. We were Mm -hmm. both building our foundation separately. Yep. So then that led into crafting our message. So at this point, we had met each other and we decided we're going to craft the same message. So just like fast forward like two months, really, because we were only in business on our own separately for two months, right? Just a couple March, months. March, April, May, June. Two to three months. A few more than that. Because we met, we had that first webinar in June. That's crazy. Yeah. So we were doing that separately for a couple months. So getting everything to market, selling, 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 meeting new people, seeing who else we would get in the door. And we had a website at that point, but it was just very like, it wasn't tailored towards growing an online audience at all. So know that we were making money and getting clients without that perfect website because we needed to be making money. So then we go into step two of actually building a website that worked for what we thought we wanted to grow our business to be at that time. And at the time, it was really just taking the services we were already really good at and Mm -hmm. kind of putting them out there in a more professional manner in a way where we could package things up together. So we put them out on the website. We had a services Mm -hmm. page. It was very clear how you book with us. We created opt-ins so we could get people on our email list right away. Yeah, That's the first snowball strategy that I want you guys to pay attention to. And, you know, at first it was, you know, it wasn't even that great. I don't think our first opt-ins were that sexy at all, but they worked. No. We started our social media channels. So we had separately like a bunch of personal stuff and was like, who, what Instagram are we going to keep? What Facebook page are we mm-hmm. going to use? Pinterest, all of that. And we ended up converting most of my personal pages into what have become our business mm-hmm. accounts. Um And then we started doing what I think is the best thing we could have ever done for our business. And we were putting out consistent content specifically on our blog five days a week. Yep. So those are three snowball decisions that we made in month three of being in business because we knew although we're making our money in person, Although we are selling by like referral mostly and by this person knows that person and going on coffee dates, we knew it would be crucial for us to grow an online presence if we wanted to sustain sustain that business or ever change our business at all. So even though being on Instagram or Pinterest doesn't directly relate to like new clients in Kansas City or Tulsa. We did it anyways because we knew the power of what those platforms could become for us. Well, and even at the time, even if it didn't mean that we were getting clients that way, definitely our potential clients were going to look at our website and they saw this professionalism that made it a lot easier for us to close the deal. So yes, even if we weren't getting organic new people, like that alone was worth it. And that's where we really started getting into nurturing people online. So this is where the shift was starting, not totally changing everything, but starting. And we had Mm -hmm. our first, well, Emily had her first webinar on her own. And then we had Mm -hmm. our first webinar together. Yeah, just a few months after that. So this was our first webinar together. 
We let people sign up for free. We told the measly amount of people we had on our list, the measly amount of people we had on Instagram, Facebook. And I think we even sent a couple emails about it and wrote a blog post about it. And we held a webinar. We gave a ton of value and we pitched at the end. So on our very first webinar, we pitched something because at that point, this was in 2015. And so I feel like webinars were still like kind of spicy then, like kind of new and not a lot of people were doing them. And so it was one of those things where like, it's working for these other people. Let's try it and see if it works for us. And it did. Yeah. And that is really where we first started engaging with people in a more personal way. They got to see our faces. Mm -hmm. They got to know us personally. It was definitely long before we had a podcast. So, oh yeah. (laughs) But those early days really looked like simple, but it was the same thing over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. And I'm so glad we did that, but it was, as simple yeah. as like sending a weekly email. It was posting every day on our Instagram, literally like three times a day. We mm-hmm. were going and engaging with other people on other accounts and commenting and sharing and, you know, really using that platform the most, I would say, mm-hmm. and oh, putting yeah. our energy there. And Pinterest ended up at the time really being the most beneficial to us, but not necessarily where Mm -hmm. we spend the most time. It was probably like three minutes a day that ended up being like the best three minutes a day we could have spent. Um, But we would pin every single blog post to Pinterest. And then once we pinned it, we would repin it to a bunch of our own boards as well as some group boards. And those group boards got us in front of new people And Mm -hmm. more people were visiting our website organically. And we weren't even paying for a system to do this for us. Like it was all just us clicking the button, taking two to three minutes a day and really doing that. Definitely Instagram was taking longer. Like we would probably spend an hour, two hours, if not more, really crafting those three messages because it was so new to us. We didn't know what to say. We were really struggling with there were two of us. Like, what do we how do we communicate differently that way? Like, Uh really being careful about what images we were posting. And it's so funny, though, that we spent so much time on it. Because looking back, I'm like, why did we ever say that or post Uh that? Like, what the heck were Uh we doing? But we cared a lot. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what showed. Yeah. And so I want you guys to pay attention that this is now into step three. We're heading into step four, right? Where we're going to clear some stuff up. But at this point, we had only sold one digital product. We had might have tried to sell it multiple times in multiple webinars. But at this point, we're still doing in-person events, sales, clients, one-on-one clients. But continuing to grow that online presence and continuing to add value over there. So then we go into step four of streamlining with systems. So at this point, okay, we're building an audience, we're building a community. So what does that look like in order for us to actually utilize it to its best abilities? So at that point, we had Squarespace, Webinar Jam, and Lead Pages. Those are the systems that we invested in like as soon as we decided to host webinars. And they're the systems we still use to this day, Okay. So great investment. It might have seemed kind of scary, expensive at the time, but 
when we invested in Webinar Jam, that's why we pitched on the first webinar because we didn't have time to use webinars as just a free value. We needed to be making money directly from the webinar so we could pay for Webinar Jam and know that it was an actual asset to our business. Same thing with lead pages. Like if it's going to make that time go quicker when we're getting people to sign up, getting them to convert faster and more often, we're going to be able to see that ROI quickly. So at this point, this is probably what, October, November of that year? Yeah. That we switched from MailChimp to ConvertKit. So A, we had a different MailChimp than what y'all have right now. When we were on the free version of MailChimp, it didn't have all of the features that the free version of MailChimp has right now. It was a lot more basic. It was way more basic. Like automation wasn't even free. So just know that we made that switch because none of that stuff existed for us unless we paid. And if we were going to pay, we were going to actually save a couple dollars per month and switch to something like ConvertKit because it had much better tagging Well, if I remember right, we did pay for MailChimp for a little bit to see if it was going to work for us. But ultimately, like the double counting of subscribers and all that Uh other stuff was just making it really crazy. And ConvertKit was still a pretty baby company, but there was mm-hmm. enough people trusting it. They were like, let's do it. Yeah. Let's jump on board. Yep. This was also when we were like in collaboration station, like let's mm-hmm. work with everybody on all the things yes. and host webinars and guest blog and talk to them and be in front of their audience and vice versa. And we even built another course with another creative. We did that twice. We did that twice. Uh-huh. Wow. That's crazy. Even <laughs> look, I, I forget things. It's been so long. Uh-huh. You know, and we were learning a lot from that, but it was also at the time the best way for us to get in front of new faces in like mm-hmm. the freest way possible. Right. Now, whether we saw really a direct return on that, I'm still not convinced. It's one of those things where I'm like, I don't entirely regret that we did it because there, like nothing bad happened. But we were also like, we did learn the lesson of our audience likes hearing from us. Well, they like yeah. learning when we're teaching. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think, you know... This was back in the day when we didn't decompress from launches and we didn't, oh, we didn't yes. track very well how things went or keep records very oh, well. Yes. And I will say, I think back then we were satisfied. I think looking oh, sure. back on it is where I'm questioning it. But at the mm-hmm. time, you know, we were making the same amount or more than we were making for like us doing it on our own. And so it wasn't like a, oh my God, that was a huge waste of time. Right. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. 
Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So we also started looking at setting up new streams of income with affiliate marketing. Yes. So what that means at that point was lead pages had a great affiliate program, convert kit, great affiliate program, other systems that we use, great affiliate programs. If we could get people to sign up for these things, could we get the system paid for? So this is the other snowball effect that I want you guys to pay attention to. Yes, was investing in lead pages it seemed expensive at that time. Yes, was switching to ConvertKit and continuing to like basically give ConvertKit more money every single time we brought on more subscribers. Yeah, that was, it's expensive, right? And you sit there and think, how are people spending two, three, five, seven hundred dollars a month, you know, on their email service provider? It seems like outrageous. But if you choose to partner with someone who, A, I mean, if they just make your job easier and it makes you make more money, like that's all you need to count for at the end of the day. But if they also provide an amazing affiliate relationship, you're going to get that money back real quickly. And so setting those up from day one when ConvertKit was still new to a lot of creative entrepreneurs 
we were able to get in with our affiliate, I really feel like at a good time. So a lot of people like heard from it from us and signed up for, for it. We hosted a webinar with lead pages. People signed up for lead pages that ended up paying for our subscription for like two or three years from what we made from that webinar. And so now those systems technically like they pay for themselves. Every right. Month. So for the record, we have never paid $700 a month for no, for, no, for no, any, no. any, some people do though. Not us. We don't Not have us. a big enough list to pay $700 a month, but I will say, you know, it was kind of fun to, you know, I, I'd pay the bills and we'd pay convert kit and then they would send us a check and it was three Mm -hmm. and then it was four and then it was five times as much as we were paying them. And so at this point, Mm -hmm. like they literally pay us to use their platform. Like, yes, we send them money every month, but it's right. It's because then it gets sent right back to us. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. So I don't regret any of those decisions. And at the time, at the time it was so focused on, a, we need more systems because we're growing, yeah. but we were still not making enough to justify the cost of a lot of them because right. at this point, it literally barely would pay for Emily and I to live. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and so that. Well, especially when there's two people getting paid and we split everything 50 yeah. 50. So it was like, well, now we just made half as much. <laughs> and I mean, it worked out. I really think there was like a time and space where it was like, oh, we're paying more. I hope we can make up the right. difference. And I do think there was some hesitation there, but it was, they were so necessary for us to move up and yeah, move forward with what we really wanted to do, which brings me to see the big picture. And this is really where the pivot started. And I think Mm it, it took us a while. Like, I don't think anyone pivots overnight and sees all the success that they'll ever see. You know, it took us time because we were still doing one on one services, we were building websites, we were doing branding, we were doing photography. And we wanted to pivot away and we wanted to mm-hmm. be an education company. Now, whether that's what we were calling it at the time, I think it was literally, right. I just want to work less and make more money. Like that was the underlying yeah. truth of it all. Well, and it was like, I don't want to do the intimate one-on-one relationship. Yeah. Anymore well, we clients. were both getting stressed out about changes and just uh-huh. like, them controlling our day to day. And we wanted to be more in control of the time and energy we were spending on something. And we felt like, yeah, we were still working for someone else, which was crappy. So we quit like straight up cold turkey. Yeah, January of 2016, we took down the services page on our website. We stopped talking about how we were taking on clients. We stopped showcasing client work. Now, we were still wrapping up some projects for the next couple months, but that pretty much meant from January until like March of 2016, we were not making that much money, right. like $12. <laughs> <laughs> this was the time where I feel like I hid a lot of what we were doing from my spouse. <laughs> What what we were not doing. Because yeah. uh, he, I think if he knew exactly what had gone down, he would have flipped out. Because we we basically were having people knocking on our door saying, will you work with and me? And we were saying no. And we were saying no to money. 
and like mm-hmm. talk about scary. Emily was all about oh, it yeah. from day one. She's like, we're quitting. Oh, yeah. Like, it's great. I was talking about it in October the year before, and it took me until January for Abby to finally be like, okay, let's take the stuff down. Well, but so it, I should also back up a little bit in December. So we, we took everything down in January one-on-one wise in December, we launched a membership. True. But we were charging like seven dollars a month oh, for that membership. I think it was seventeen. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry, no, it was so <laughs> ridiculous. So we launched what we thought was going to be a membership site. We didn't know what we were Ish. doing. We didn't have a big enough list. I'm not saying that the list was the problem. Really, it was mostly we were going into a totally different field. And Emily and I literally knew nothing about it. Memberships are their own industry. Yeah. And we knew nothing. Like we knew nothing about memberships. We knew nothing about creating a course. The only thing we had to back up off of was what we saw other people doing online and Mm -hmm. the couple programs Emily had invested in previously. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I had never bought an online course before other than like for school, like for college. So this was a totally different thing. And yet somehow Emily kept saying, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. And I kept being like, but how are we going to pay our bills? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thankfully, she trusted me enough, and we started seeing the uptick in monies in about March, April-ish, May of that year, because we were restructuring how we were selling that membership. We decided, I think two or three months in, that it's not going to be a membership. We're going to cap it at, quote, nine modules. So for the next nine months, we're just launching this thing over and over and over and over and over. And it increased from a $17 a month to like a $297 program or something like that to where you like bought it or you could do payment plans and you got access to all of this stuff. And so finally, we were able to see like, okay, we do better or it's easier to sell a more expensive thing to less people than finding more people to come in at this really cheap thing. So then uh, with that knowledge, looking back now, with that knowledge, I think it's super funny to to me that in July of that year, we created a new course Mm -hmm. and we only charged $29 for it. You know, I don't know what we were doing. I mean, I do know what we were doing, but like, who was making these decisions? <laughs> Who was making them? Well, okay. So it's so funny because we had the membership site that we then turned into just a course, right? And it was a couple hundred okay. bucks. We also had the very first course that we ever right. launched, which was a couple hundred bucks right. as well. And then it was like, okay, we have all of these opt-ins and we feel like none of them are really like a shining star. We need people to like come in and we need to have an easy yes But I I think I literally said the sentence, would it be crazy if we like charged for what could be an opt-in or if we made what could be a $10,000 course really, really cheap? Like, what if we just like, what if we did that? So I just want to give Emily some perspective on our life a little bit. (laughs) Um, So I'm going back and looking at our actual numbers. I think Emily is like living a dream a little bit. 
So we made $20,000 in January of 2016, the month that we quit client work. From client work. Yeah, 100% from client work. We then proceeded to make $0 in February. And in Mm -hmm. March, when we were still saying no to client work, guess how much money we made on courses? How much? $1,400. That's not, I mean, okay, so A, we have to split that. So that means we make 700 bucks. I mean, that's 1400 times what we made the month before. Okay. No, but seriously, we have to split that <laughs> and then we have to pay taxes on that. That's like, that would like barely pay for our groceries. Mm-hmm. Barely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I will tell you the month we launched Trello. Just a couple months later, am I reading this right? April, May, June, July. Yeah, four months later. Guess how much we made on what courses? Twenty something? No, twelve. Fifteen thousand seven hundred two dollars. So, but like yeah. we went from fourteen hundred to twenty eight hundred to. A little over 9,000 in May. This is when my husband finally didn't hate me anymore. <laughs> June, it went down and I had a little panic attack. It went to 8,500. And then July, it went up to $15,702. And I thought we hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, <laughs> we had a $15,000 month and we were selling a $29 product. Yeah. So, so the rest of that year, so we're still in the create sustainability sure. phase, right? So we're like, okay, okay. At this point, how can we average this out? What are we making every month from online courses, right? So finally, we're into the point where we can pretty much count on about 10 yeah, k a least. month from online courses, at least. And that was due to launching every two weeks and due to passive right. sales of Trello for Business. In order for us to figure out, okay, well, what else can we sell? What else can we offer? We picked up the phone and we called our students. So instead of, again, going down the rabbit hole of let's create a membership site because we think that's going to be super cool, why don't we just ask our people what they need and what they want? Yeah, so after talking to them, we ended up creating a couple of different things. So going Uh into the tail end of 2016, we created the follow-through method. Then I had my traumatic brain injury (laughs) and then Emily Uh adopted a baby and we launched a podcast and in January January 2017 with that new website. And we started putting out episodes three times a week. And like, this is really where things got crazy, but also we hit a massive plateau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me back up a little bit. And so after Trello for Business happened in July, we're launching every two weeks and we're like, okay, what sure. can be our next sure. big thing? Because launching every two weeks is exhausting. What are we going to do with ourselves in our life and what's happening? And so we actually went to a conference and like met other people and other people were like, why don't you guys have a podcast, right? Like, what was it called? And we're like, no, we don't have one. And so after chatting with a lot of people about like, okay, maybe we've been just doing the same thing for too long. 
And maybe we need to just like get out of our bubble and try something new and see if this is, you know, what can help us grow or at least just change our audience or shift our visibility or whatever. And so that kind of goes back to building the foundation and crafting your message at the beginning when we decided to do a blog, when we decided to focus on Instagram, like this was yet another strategy where we had time because all of those other things were continuing to build on each other for us to even think about offering. Yeah. So from July to December of 2016, we were literally just rinse and repeating and circulating about four different programs of ours through a launch method. And knowing that 2017 had to be different. we knew it had to be different. I don't think we knew how it had to be different until we were faced with, oh, this is our new life. Like enough had happened Mm -hmm. in our personal lives for Emily and I that we got into the beginning of this year and we're like, what are we going to do? And for most people, like, let me look. Okay. January. On, and this is just course based revenue. We made a little over 10,000. But then we made the same in February and even less in March. We hit 40 or 9,600. And it was scary because we're like, we had, I mean, just a few months prior in November hit 23,000. And so we're like, why is it half? Mm-hmm. Like, What is going on? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think, A, we were distracted. Well, that was a Black Friday sale also of what led to Sure. But I think, you know, I think like anyone else, you you do something enough and you kind of expect the same results. And so we knew something had to shift. And part of it was that we were just getting so tired. We had done so many webinars, so many webinars. And... Mm-hmm. We really just needed to slow down. And so we took our time and we had a few months of just, it wasn't great, but it was good enough. And we eventually launched our signature course, the Strategy Academy, in June of this year. And at mm-hmm. the time, had our biggest month ever since been mm-hmm. surpassed. But it was 67,000. So we knew that something yeah. was going right. And we knew that like things could get better from here, but we had to change mm-hmm. where we were putting our attention. Yeah. So that brings us to kind of the last two steps, which is where we're at right now. Like it's, it's happening. It's got started, you know, six months ago, earlier this year, but it's still being perfected. And it's formulating our actual passive business, and then reaching our squad goals. So growing our team. So the passive part of that has to happen first. And I, this is the most crucial order that I want you to pay attention to. If you do not take the time to set up your systems and figure out what you can set up for free or very inexpensive in order for things to happen automatically in your business. I'm talking about taking the time to write canned responses, figuring out a project management system, figuring out a scheduling system. We use Calendly, 
figuring out Zapier, IFTTT, or Butler for Trello to like make things magically happen in the background. If you are still sitting here saying you do not have time to do that, but you're looking to hire, you're making the wrong decision. It was a hard time. (laughs) Times were hard. We were making good money, but it was like realizing we had gotten so far on like, literally, we were the ones doing everything. And we knew if we wanted to grow, we couldn't be doing everything forever. And so at first, it was like, yeah, what can we make a robot do? (laughs) Like, literally, what can we have someone else do? So instead of emailing, because this used to be how it goes. Hey, mm-hmm. you want to jump on a phone call? I'm available this day, this day, and this day. Well, I can't do that day because I had to pick up this person and I thought I was available that day. Oh, but what time zone are you again? Okay, I'm not available well, at any of those. Times. Okay. How about this time, this time, this time on these three different days? Um, wait 17 days to respond. Oh, now none of those days work because <gasps> they just passed. Just blowing up in exasperation. Like, (laughs) those kind of conversations had to stop. Especially with us, like, having a podcast. Like, if we wanted guests to be on, like, we could not be constantly negotiating time zones and when we could get on the phone and all of that. And so, I mean... Calendly may be my favorite thing outside of Trello. Changed our lives. I know, right? Well, and here's the thing with setting up these systems and taking the time. You are constantly in this cycle of, I don't have any time to set up these systems. I'm losing time, but I know if I have these systems, I'll gain some more time back, but I don't have time to set up these systems. (laughs) But it's also connected to, I don't have time or I don't have money to hire a VA and I don't have time to find a VA and I don't have the money and the time and the money and the time. And it's this (laughs) constant like tornado, right? And so here's what happens though. If you just make the time, because it's a choice. It's not that you don't have the time. You have the same amount of time that I do. You're just choosing to spend it in a different way. If you make the choice finally to set up some automations, guess what happens? You get that time back. And guess what you can do with that time? Either go sell some shit or go interview some people to find someone to then save you more time. You are only able to afford your people who you can bring onto your team if you are actually going to be able to do the thing that's making you money in your business. I remember very clearly having a conversation with the founder of Teachable. He was on the podcast a while ago. And I remember asking him, as the CEO of this growing company, where should you be spending your time? And he said, I'm trying to make myself obsolete. And something clicked in my head. And I was like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) And like, but (laughs) the way he would do that is he would put himself like in a role and learn everything about the role and like master it to a T and then be able to like create a system to take care of it or hire someone strategically to take over this part of it so he could put his attention somewhere else. And I feel like Mm -hmm. we really started doing that this year and really spending some time, you know, for, for a long time, Emily and I were doing everything. 
everything you could think of. And then it started being like, Emily really focused on the messaging, not just the writing, but like, what are the words we're putting out there? What are... What are the images we're putting out there? What What is going out into the world and how are people seeing and viewing us? And I really focused internally on what are the systems? How are things connecting? What are the analytics? What? How are we growing in certain ways? Where do we need to be spending our time? And I think that helps so much because then we were able to hire and it was so shocking to me, how many people mm-hmm. it required to replace us doing certain things mm-hmm. because we wanted mm-hmm. to hire for really like talent. Like we wanted them to be really good uh-huh. at the specific thing. And so we went from a team of two to a team of 14 in two years. We're doing the job of 14 people, at least, because there are still some people who we want to be bringing on to our team to help us do things that we are doing still or we're just not good at. So we need them to do it and help us like be better at it. But yeah, 14 peoples. So obviously, there's a reason we hit a plateau is because we ran out of to- like physical time. Mm-hmm. Actual time. Yes. Yes. So now we're in the mindset of more hiring for future needs and future strategies that we want to implement instead of, oh my God, this thing is burning. Which we have totally hired for that before. A thousand times. Like so many times. Finally, we have our foot Uh ahead and we're thinking more than like two weeks in advance. Yes. Yes. And so one of the roles that we filled, which I think is going to be one of the most crucial to the development of our team, the growth of our business, and just like overall sanity on our part, is we hired someone to fill director of operations. And I could not have even told you what that meant a couple months ago. I I remember... My dad used to work in operations for a a big corporation for decades when I was growing up. And like he was literally like director of ops for this company. And so I would call him almost every day when we were in the thick of like, is this person right for it? Is this person going to do it? Well, do they need to be doing these type of tasks? How, well, how do we describe that we need X, Y, Z? And I'm like, how would you handle this? What would you say to this situation? And so he really helped me on the back end kind of figure out like, no, you aren't supposed to be doing these other things. Yes, it's okay that you're asking for someone to do these type of tasks. And here's how you can kind of make that transition. Or here's the type of person that you need to fill that role. And I think we found yeah. her. Well, I'm not saying any names in case we just changed our mind. <laughs> but I do really like who we just hired. So I am very happy and I'm excited because, you know, I went to this leadership conference in August. It was, it was local, like, and it was actually a teleconference. So it was like, it was like going to one where you watch all these webinars, except you're in a room full of people that are like watching on a like movie theater screen. Very strange. But nonetheless, there was like 500,000 people from around the world watching this conference. So because it had so many people, the speaker lineup was like, insane so like there's people from facebook and google and like all these massive companies and for the first time 
I got like a giant slap in the face that as much as we were Mm. spending on growing our business and making more money and helping our students, we had not spent any time internally nurturing our team Mm -hmm. and creating a company culture and helping people develop. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, ever thought that we would have team members in the first place. So I definitely mm-hmm. never thought about nurturing someone and like building them mm-hmm. up and making them better at their job and all this stuff. And so it was a really hard couple months. It was real hard. We're I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I, I, I appreciate that. But know that like we are still walking the fine line of like someone asking about a process on our, in our business. And we're like, Oh, we never set that up and we don't have a system for that. And the amount of like backtracking that I think we still find ourselves doing because of that, that is my biggest word of advice for this stage of the process of for the love of God, figure out your systems and your processes and your workflows and have someone come in and perfect them if you need that, but at least have a foundation. You know, and we're still learning. Like, I think those two, maybe even the last three pieces, like, we have Mm -hmm. a sustainable business. It's not going anywhere. Like, we can expect a certain amount of money every every month if we just continue doing the things Mm -hmm. we're doing. But to grow and scale, there's things that we have to continue to work on. And I'm excited because it was like having some of our lowest course base months earlier this year. Yeah. And then really, you know, having our biggest month ever. And I'm, I'm hoping that November Eve like surpasses that. So, you know, it's for sure. It's been crazy, but it's exciting. So, So if you felt like this roadmap was helpful, but you want a little bit more and a little bit more of the how-to and a little bit more strategy, marketing concepts and tech and all of the amazing things, we go like way deeper into this and to our signature program. If this episode gave you any inkling of ideas of what you could be implementing in your business or the order that another successful business has tackled it, just wait until you see what's inside there because it's it's this episode that like times a million. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, 
but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.